Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> mute yourselves. Mute mute yourselves on Google Meet. I'm in. All right. Yeah, me too. Everyone's in. Trisha, you in? Trisha, oh, yeah, Trisha just got in. Okay. In that case, uh, teachers in a lie. Um, I like bacon. I like peas. I like mayonnaise. Which one's the lie? I hope you got it, peas. I'm gonna go with mayonnaise. All right. Uh, mayonnaise was the lie. Ooh, uh, let's go. Oh boy. Rock, you go. There you go. All right. Um, bro. We'll go with. We'll go with my favorite color is red. Um, I'm the tallest person in my family, and I played baseball. You play baseball, though. I. Tallest person in your family. You're short. No, I'm pretty. <laughs> Brock, I think you're the tallest person in your family from what I remember, but I'm... That... What was the first one, Red? Yeah. I'm going to go with baseball. Yeah, baseball was the lie. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, I got, I got a short family. <laughs> oh. All right, uh, Trisha. Um, let's see. I have two dogs, I have two cats, and I have two guinea pigs. Uh, two guinea pigs lie. I'm gonna say two cats. Okay, so it was two cats. I do have two guinea pigs because they're not supposed to be alone. I'm on a roll with this. You're never supposed to have like just one guinea pig because they're like social animals. That's yeah, what I, I thought because I used to have two guinea pigs. I do have two dogs. My dog, who is going berserk right now, his name's Bruno. And then at my dad's house, I have a dog named Mocha. She's an American bully. Hmm. Then my cat, Henry, is literally the love of my life. He is the prettiest tuxedo cat you will ever see. I have a tuxedo cat. He is so pretty. All right, Diana. Oh, my God. This is so much pressure. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have one dog. I have a sister. And my favorite color is red. Your favorite color is red. I'm going to go with that one, too. I can't remember if you have a sister or not. Ah! <laughs> oh, she 100% does. Um, I'm still going to go with the sister. Um, The lie was my favorite color is red. Oh, let's go. Green. I got All right, I'm going to end the recording now. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's... So you... So, okay. Ooh. I'm gonna mute. <laughs> Alright, so... So we got Brock. And we got everyone. Yeah, we should be all good. Alright. Okay, uh, let's start. You guys can see the... Screen sharing, right? Yeah, it's working. All right. So today's episode discussion prompts uh, summarize the conflicting versions of the American dream that we've been discussing in class. Um, so, what do you guys think of when you first think of like the American dream? Like, what comes to your mind? I think of someone that 
basically has a house uh, all to themselves, um, lives a pretty good, like, middle class life, very comfortable, but not rich, you know? Yeah, I, I just thought really that at first, but that's not what I think the American dream encompasses as a whole. Um, sorry, I totally agree. I think I kind of see, like, the, you know, white picket fence and, like, just, like, a two-story house, but not, you know, rich. But I think it's also more of, like, what the stereotype is, like, meaning people in other countries, like, that's what they think the American dream is and what, like, every person lives like here in this country. That's exactly what I think of, because when I think of American Dream, I think of what do, like, immigrants and stuff like that think of when they come here, what do they think they're going to get versus what actually happens. Exactly. Because when I think I'm, when I think of somebody saying I'm living the American Dream, I'm thinking, like, they've got a desk job they don't hate, they've got a nice house, a nice family. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of how I think, too. Except I also, like, there's another part of me that thinks, like, it could be very different for everyone. But, mm-hmm. like, we all have the same American dream being, like, we all have, like, more freedom and stuff. And we can make, like, our own choices to do whatever, like, whatever art we want our American dream to be, I guess. That's kind of yeah. what I was... No, yeah, I super agree. I think from just personal experience going to, uh, like, Mexico, let's say, and, like, People over there don't have, like, the very best economy, so they think that when we go, we live, like, the most perfect life because we live in the U.S. And not that my life is perfect. It's a lot better than theirs, sad to say, but we still work. You know, everyone still works here. Like, you have to earn your stuff. Nothing comes, you know, handed to you, and that's sometimes what the stereotype is, like, in other countries because they think that, like, money grows on trees here but everything here you still pretty much have to earn you know what i mean exactly you can't yeah, just definitely. sit there and do nothing and then expect oh i'm living in a mansion exactly. i mean when people are born into it mm-hmm. and that but like to an extent you have to work for it and that's also like born into it that's also a very small amount of people like for mm-hmm. the most part everyone starts like work for pretty much a majority of what they have it does nothing's really just given yeah yeah now that's part of the conflict of the versions of the american dream coming though i think it's uh which is the prompt um you know as you mentioned brock it's a very small amount but that very small amounts dictating the very large majority of people who are yeah i definitely agree with that uh and and that's where you have the conflict of the American dream, where those who have done it, you know, essentially they're, they're now preventing other people from doing it. And therefore the American dream, you know, it may not really be something that people are striving to achieve anymore because it's almost near impossible to achieve. It's like winning the lottery these days, given the systems put against us, I think, uh, for a huge example being the co- the ever rising cost of college for mm-hmm. the sake of capitalism really colleges used to be a lot less expensive you know a couple years ago but now they're skyrocketing and my fear is well it's already happening but 
my fear is it's going to be unobtainable to most people. Yeah. And I yeah, definitely. I'm sorry, go ahead. I almost wonder if they do that on purpose or if there's a reason why they have to do that. Oh, no, no, they they do this on purpose. So um, the history of this is that, um, as far as as far as I know, is that the government used to have a huge role in uh, colleges and whatnot. And as soon as um, the government stopped really doing, stopped cut, cut its connections essentially a lot from colleges and whatnot. Colleges were a lot more free, and they were like, "Wait, we're not being set standards, etc." You know, we're not. We need to make money still, but we can make a lot more money if we charge a bit more, and then it turns into more and more and more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's capitalism, essentially, you know, high demand, people are going to want it in order to live good lives. At least that's what the system tells you that you have to do in order to live a good life, you know. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you're only going to, with college, unless you're becoming a lawyer or a doctor, and even then you have so much college that you're going to, you're going to be living a middle class life probably at best, you know, exactly. if you're sticking to the system. I mean, it's. College going to give you it's possible to live the american dream like you can do it but there are so many setbacks and so many difficulties with getting to that that it almost seems like everybody has this view and then all of their hopes and dreams just get absolutely crushed when they realize holy crap it is so much harder to do than i ever realized now in terms of now i think this is a good segue into like uh the second prompt you know mm-hmm. how do you think this is going to affect like different uh groups such as minorities you know uh genders um we already talked about class uh i think a little bit so yeah i mean so I think with minorities i think that goes back to like immigrants and stuff like that i i know like minorities aren't all immigrants but I think definitely some of the minorities and a lot of the population here are people that came to America for a better life for them and their kids and their future families. No, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think um, from personal experience, my parents being immigrants, we like we living just in my neighborhood, like we've been put down by neighbors because they just can't accept the fact that you know, if someone from a different country is living in middle class, like in the middle class system, and just like, I think that's just a big part that people are still not used to like, immigrants being successful and living the same lifestyle other people are, you know, living. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just not used to, but I wonder if it's like ignorance of some yeah. sort. I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Well, would you guys think that though, like, hypothetically just going off what we were talking about like immigrants and people who already live here do you think they like have somewhat similar versions of the american dream or do you think those greatly differ i think they definitely greatly differ um at least look i can't i can't speak you know on behalf of them but i i i can do my best to try and put myself in their shoes you know um i feel as though when you're trying to migrate to another country, it's more about stability, I think, than than becoming rich. Yeah, I like the way you're looking at that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It, it kind totally of makes me think of like 
Oh gosh, what's the APGO term that I'm thinking of? <laughs> I want to say it's like centripetal and centrifugal forces. Cole, please help me out if I'm wrong. One uh, brings you in and one pushes you away. Is that what you're stuff that ties the country together and stuff that brings countries apart. Exactly. So I'm thinking like, I wonder, well, I don't wonder, but there's got to be that percentage of people that come for a better life and people that come to escape what they were living before. Yeah. And there comes, you know, stability again, being the, being the American dream. I think, I certainly think that a lot of immigrants are coming more for reasons of stability, may it be seeking refuge or starting a new life altogether, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, while people who've already set up a life here, especially for many generations, you know, are going to be looking more towards uh, becoming rich, you know, making it up there to the top 1% or something as the American dream. But even with that, there, there are so many drawbacks to that idea, I think. And I, I don't know. <sighs> I was going to say something, but I totally left the tip of my tongue. What? So you can kind of segue that into what purpose does a dream serve? Because we can start talking about like dreams in general and like I know I had this one quote I used to live by that was um, you wouldn't see your dreams if they weren't within reach. So are you like would you compare dreams as to something like a goal you have? Is that like like you're saying, like they're all like if you see them, you like could perceive them as being in reach. So would you kind of put dreams as being a goal you have, like hypothetically for the future? No, yeah, I totally put my like I totally put dreams as in goals or like see them because, you know, like I guess a top dream of mine is like just to be successful and never like have any regrets, you know, in life. So I think. Um, I think I do put dreams and goals, or a lot of people put dreams and goals in one specific, you know, area. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I was, I was kind of thinking along the same page that. I was also thinking, like, I feel like there are two different terms for a reason. Like, a goal is definitely something you set for yourself, something you want to achieve. And I would say the same for a dream, but I would also say a dream is just kind of like this perfect situation that you wish for and you hope for, mm-hmm. but you don't see it as realistically as you would see a goal. Yeah. I, 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 see, I see what you're saying. I agree with that. Yeah. Cool. Also, you know, dreams are good and everything, but if a dream, but again, that circles back to, Hey, you know, there's so many obstacles now set up by the people that have, made it to the rich version of the American dream, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like they keep setting the threshold higher and higher. It kind of makes it so dreams become obsolete after a little bit, and that's the sad thing about society now. It's just that it's not, if you work hard enough, you know, you could do whatever you want, in my opinion. It's... You, you, you can do a dance hard. well enough on TikTok. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, look you could everyone has an opportunity in my opinion to make it n- n- no doubt about that you know it's capitalism uh yeah. but the chance but if i have more let's say let's say i have more pokemon cards you know just as an example <laughs> than you know little timmy on the street by like 
I have like a hundred times more cards than him. You know, chances are I'm going to be able to destroy little Timmy if we play Pokemon, you know, because I'll have a lot more cards to work with than him. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I think that applies to like minority groups and whatnot, where they don't have as many cards. They, they don't have as many options, you know, ways to make it as a rich person does. No, yeah, and I think, I mean, I kind of disagree. I think sometimes people, and I don't think everyone has an opportunity because I think just along the government, they try to take so many things away from, like, let's say immigrants or let's just say race in general, just, like, nowadays, too, with everything that's been going on. But I think what comes to this is just privilege. I think people just live with privilege or we all do without even knowing so I think saying mm-hmm. I think I don't think anyone or everyone has um opportunities out there because or they do but it's really hard sometimes to just get them because of the privilege we all live with you know what I mean yeah and to that I have to say yes not everyone has as many opportunities but I think everyone does have an opportunity nonetheless now, it may be near impossible for some people, though. Therefore, I, I don't think I, I don't think that nobody has opportunities. I think everyone has an opportunity in America, but I don't think everyone has an equal opportunity. I agree with what Cole was saying. I think, especially with, like, minorities and stuff, they, well, they do have some opportunities. Their opportunities are going to be nowhere near um, able to compare with those who are, like, rich and have that yeah exactly and have are rich and have privilege like there's no they have some opportunity but it's nowhere near in comparison to those who have that you know it's funny uh my friend uh i won't i won't mention his name but uh he was arguing that since his mom uh came from a bad background um and she made it to the upper middle class it proves that everyone has equal opportunity and i'm (laughs) and i was like that that's just anecdotal evidence first of all second of all good for her but it just doesn't work like that for a lot of others yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. everybody in general and i kind of want to go back to cole how you said like not everybody works as hard for the american dream or the general statement of that mm-hmm. because yeah you could have a nine-to-five job up in the world or you could go to college for eight years and become a surgeon but you could also do a tiktok dance and get several million views and then start making money off of that and provide for your whole family it's i wouldn't say like how hard you work is equal to your success if that makes sense exactly i think for the the most part like i think the tiktok stuff i agree with that i agree that there's some people who are able to do that and it's not based off of hard work and all. But I also think that's like a much smaller group of people who have that luck and that success. Whereas a majority of people, it is about how hard they work and how hard they push and how hard like and what their determination is. Oh for sure. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, let's say a teacher, you know, you're working your butt off essentially. Um you're trying to you're you're getting a college degree. You're going to have a tremendous amount of college debt with that, as we discussed before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you're still you're still going to take classes from time to time. You're doing meetings. 
you're grading kids' homeworks, you're dealing with kids, you know, um, teachers are paid absolute shit, you know? Do they get nowhere near enough to compensate for what they have to deal with and what they've already had to give out in terms of, like, college and schooling and all that? Oh, my God. Kindergarten and preschool teachers, the amount of patience they have with those kids, especially with online learning, oh, my God. I would be banging my head against the wall if I had to do that daily. Yeah. Like, that's not even an exaggeration. So I think teachers are an excellent example of how hard you can work in America and how, how – the, the the lack of reward you get for that hard work, you know? Mm-hmm. Not only are they working hard, they're changing lives. They're shaping minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very... They're making our future. It's not, it's not just a hard job, but it's also very important in everyone's life, not just theirs, but especially the kids and those around them because they're able to now have, like, new understandings of everything and it shapes how they grow and, like, achieve anything. And yeah, some it's teachers, not a job you mm-hmm. And some teachers, unfortunately, they just give up because they have little to no incentive anymore to actually do that, which is the sad part about all, mm-hmm. you know, you're having, you know, kids in private schools, those teachers are probably getting paid a lot better, you know, you know, uh, yeah. oh, for sure. nice, really nice private schools, you know, it, and I think that also, you know, I, I think the relationship, as you were mentioning, was it, Trisha? Um, I, I think the relationship between teacher and student is going to change the course of student's life uh, for the better. I think I think more so than the actual material that the teacher is teaching, you know, because mm-hmm. face it, a lot of the stuff that you learn in high school, you're not really going to apply it in real life, you know? No, but the skills you learned in learning those things, that's what you're going to apply. Yeah, but it's also just, you you get what I'm saying. No, I understand completely what you're saying. Because I always, I always make the joke to my aunt and uncle. I'm like, like, what's the point in me learning, learning, like, like how to factor if I'm never going to use that in everyday life? Like, what's the point of math at this point? They're just like, well, you're going to learn the problem solving skills when you do these things. It's not so much about the math as it is about the techniques you're learning and that especially with that kind of stuff in kindergarten and preschool and like elementary school learning those problem solving skills how to deal with your emotions how to interact with other people and just how to really be a human being I think that's really like important and the fact that these teachers work so hard it's just kind of not fair to what they're getting paid I definitely think that's a much better way of looking at it instead of like, oh, you're not going to use this because there are definitely some parts of anything that you're taught in school that you're going to use, like you said, with all the problem solving and all that, mm-hmm. even though if it doesn't seem like it, if it's just like like pointless, like math and all that, that you're never going to use again if you're not interested in that field or anything. It's just the specific skills that you pick up just by doing the work and all that that is going to shape you for like the future and stuff. Yeah, because I can guarantee you I will never use logarithms in my everyday life <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if I can avoid it. Exactly. But going back to the American dream, I feel like we've kind of gone off on a tangent. 
Uh, well, the thing is, class is about to end anyways. Oh, shoot, you're late. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking for uh, about 21 minutes now, so uh, I, I think we covered a lot of the props and whatnot, and I, I don't think we really went on a tangent. We more just went to examples of... Yeah, we kind of swayed to a certain part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a tangent, I think. I think it was rather productive. Uh, but yeah, anyways, uh, see you guys. Good talk. Bye. See you later. Bye.